Hey guys, it's Samuel from Imprint London. Um, I'm 19, I'm a student at Goldsmiths University and we're sitting here with Aaron from Fusion, a Christian charity that um, enables students to be able to reach churches when they come to study in London. Um, so Aaron, where, why did you feel this message laid on your heart? What was it about this? Um... Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, such joy to, to, I guess, to be with, with Imprint and um when i was i guess when i was told about the theme of margin i guess no margin is a series and margin people um i was kind of praying out god where where do i take this narrative like jesus is someone we constantly see as someone who breaks boundaries and margins um and i just really felt felt the holy spirit leading me to that passage in mark 5 um which is what we spoke about uh, of the sense of jesus being someone who who looks at the marginalized people, looks at the ones that uh, the community and society says is is not good enough, and he breaks those marginal and boundary barriers. So, uh, yeah, I guess just real sense of God just directs me towards that uh, and unpacking that a little bit more. Hopefully that was helpful today. Great, great. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so in your life, do you feel that there was a time or a season where you've been marginalized? And, and if so, um, how, if you care to share? Yeah, uh, wow. Um, I think... I guess for me, and I guess being quite honest and transparent, being uh, someone from an Indian background in the UK, coming in 2003, it's quite easy to be, um, without even realizing, you get put into certain categories or put into, you get marginalized uh, for maybe the language you speak or what you don't speak or the way you look. Um, so I guess I, I, as someone who moved to Liverpool, I, I experienced um, racism to some extent. I guess I, exp I was I was in a different social economic class uh, to others. Um, so I guess that was always a thing. Never had the things that other students and other people in my class had. Right. Um, so I guess I guess we live in a society that's constantly looking to marginalize us or put us into a certain category uh, yeah. and make us. You know, I guess we live we are living in a time where this country is I guess the most divided it's ever been and fractioned it's ever been. Uh, so we get marginalized into our race into our ethnic backgrounds i guess i I've, I've i've seen glimpses of that be part of that in in workplaces in university and uh, growing up so yeah it's, i guess it's part of, it's been part of my narrative mm -hmm. uh, and i'm sure many others do and what would your advice be to someone um of a similar nature being marginalized in the same kind of way yeah i guess uh wow um I think to see, really understand who we are and, mm. and who God says we are. Mm. Um, understanding my identity isn't in the label that the world puts on me. Mm. Uh, it's in who he says I am. Um, and I guess in, in that passage when we looked at that, the narrative of Jesus meeting the woman with the, the 12 years of bleeding, uh, when, he, the, when they have an encounter, when she sees him, the first thing out of his mouth isn't, who she was isn't that she was a woman isn't that oh is isn't oh you're the woman of the bleeding that's nothing he his label of her was not her ethnic background was not her gender mm. was not what her problem was right. uh, which is often how we I guess refer to people mm. uh, and the church has done or people have done uh, but the word out of his mouth was daughter right. uh, it was about who she was to him in relation to him in relation to kingdom uh, so I think often when I guess when we are marginalized or we feel as one who've been pushed aside looking at just seeing the bigger picture of jesus seeing us relationally as a son as a daughter mm. and that's what my identity is
Right, right, okay. Um, and as people that may potentially be marginalising people, what would your advice be to those kind of people? Obviously, from seeing it from the other side of the fence, how would you have wanted them to have handled the situation? Because obviously, um, when we marginalise people, it's not always intentional. Yeah, true. Sometimes it's just through upbringing and our own influences from around us that cause us to have these kind of margins in our life. 100%. And I think often it's 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 just being ready to apologise, being ready to say sorry. Now, I, I guess... And even it is both ways. I've been someone who's marginalized people right. because of not understanding. Mm -hmm. There's often lack of understanding and, and insecurity because right. we're afraid because of what we don't know. Right. Uh, right. And I think uh, it's again going back to Jesus, again fixing our eyes on Jesus, again seeing uh, the narrative of what's happening around us through His perspective. So, you know, I, I, I was sharing a bit of that in in, in the in the talk of. Peter and John walking, uh, meeting the lame guy at, uh, outside the gate uh, of the temple. Um, and they could have easily, so many other people could have walked past him. Mm. Uh, but Peter and James stopped. And I think often we just need to stop yeah. and, and look at the people that often society is marginalized. And we've often marginalized because of maybe we just don't know uh, how they are, who they are. Uh, so I, I think often we're in a, in a time and a place in which we've been fed a narrative. Right. of what's happening around us that we believe is is the reality. So it's often fixing our eyes on Jesus and asking him what he's saying about people. I believe in inside everyone, the kingdom is there. Inside everyone, Jesus is there. And I often look at it as, as this. Inside everyone's heart, there's some gold. And the gold mm -hmm. is Jesus. We, as, as, as I guess, children of God, just need to dig that out. Right. Uh, when we dig that out, is there going to be dirt? Of course there is. Right. But I, I can see dirt. Uh, there's dirt in me. But Jesus saw who I was. And he was ready to get through the dirt to pull out gold. Wow. And we as, as, as children of God do the same with people around us. You know, we often marginalize people in our workplace, marginalize people that in our in university and students that we, that we meet. So often just, just having eyes that see further, being relational, being invitational, um, extending the love that has been given to us further. And, you know, often we make excuses for people. We're right. saying, well, oh, I don't know if I can, I don't know if they'll say yes to this. Or I don't know if I can pray for them. Or I don't know if I can reach out. Often the first step is just stepping out. Right. The first encouragement is that is is we have to step break our fear and the margins that we put in our heart of what's right. possible. Right. And in doing that, we then see it's it's through the Holy Spirit, and we see something happen that's far greater than what we can do ourselves. Right. Yeah. Obviously, as um, walking with Christ, the main thing is about dying to ourselves yeah. um, and making room for God to work. Um, in the sermon that you gave. It was a, for myself, I found that you gave a very different perspective to the word of God. Um, for us that are looking to study the Bible in a different way, what would your advice be to find this different kind of perspective? Yeah, and I think we've got to, we've got to find your way of looking at the Bible. Like, I, I don't think one, there's one way of studying. Uh, I I guess my way of studying might be completely different to your way. Right. But it's just, it's finding what works for you. I guess for me, um, I guess born up in the church, been a Christian all my life, but I guess, like I was saying before, Jesus became really real four years ago, four and a half years ago. And since that time, I just needed, the word became so much more real in the sense of uh, I saw him in every page. Right. Uh, before what I read for the sake of reading, now I, I was reading and I was seeing him in every full stop and every word and every sentence. Um, so... I guess for me, what's been helpful is looking at the narrative. So I look at a story and I am quite visual in my thinking. So I imagine myself being there. I imagine myself like walking where Jesus would have walked and imagining what might have happened. Mm. Um, so it's just looking at everything in context. Um, so when I read the Bible, I, I look at what was said at that time. Mm -hmm. 
what is God saying right now in terms of to me? And what is this saying right now to the church? Because um, I think and we can always take scripture out of context. So it's, it's really important to learn what the significance of what is written down at that time in that moment. Um, and then unpack that today. So I guess even in the way I communicate, it's often a narrative. It's often a story. It's us getting into the picture. It's us stepping into almost like we feel like we're stepping into the Bible and into those words and like watching it outwork in ourselves. And I think for me, that's really helpful and might help some of the people listening or to, to think about it that way. But I think it's finding our way of engaging with the Bible. Unless, you know what? Bible can be really fun, really exciting. Um, I see it genuinely as like this big giant puzzle that mm. we get to solve with the help of the Holy Spirit and he yeah. unravels mysteries of the word. So many people have preached the Bible for years mm. and yet we are still in fi still finding new revelation. Yeah. Uh, so there's so much more still to be found. So yeah, yeah I, I'd really encourage you to get with the Bible, get in a small group in your Bible study. Just find a new creative way of looking at the Bible. I'm sure God will start to, you know, you'll find your own way. Right. Uh, it'll make it fun right and obviously um in our day-to-day -day lives as students or as people out in the workplace as you were saying that we can marginalize people it's not often that we come over come across situations such as like you know a woman has been bleeding and all these kind of things what would be more of like a relatable um scenario that we could marginalize people and then um, a way that we could avoid doing that and a solution to those kind of things yeah great um I think anchoring it in a, in a real life example would be, I guess for me, um, I guess I'll share a personal story. Mm -hmm. um, in the workplace, often uh, there was always a sense of um, me being an Asian or an Indian, uh, expected to do certain things uh, because I just wouldn't challenge back. I What others would would not have done um, they just expected me to do because I just wouldn't question it. I just wouldn't do it. Um, so I guess certain things where assumptions of my origin are put on us, and I guess the other way where I've assumed is I've assumed that people um, people don't need prayer. I've right. assumed that people are not going to say yes to coming to church. Right. I've assumed, and I've made excuses for people. Like there have been people, I guess, growing up as well. Um, some of my Muslim friend, friends I, I've just never shared the gospel with right. because I'm like, they're Muslim. Um, right. So they wouldn't want to know. Um, so I guess I've put margins and I've pushed people away. So we, where we've, where I guess for Jesus it was the woman who, who was suffering with bleeding, who was whose society didn't want. For us right now, it's it's those the society is saying that we church or church or people are saying we don't want. It's it's the it's the guy struggling with drugs. Is the is the is the is the, is the woman is always the girl that is f wrestling with her identity or you know like whatever it can be. Put put your own kind of present context on that and where we've idol like um marginalized and pushed people away i'm just encouraging the church to stop and look mm. um because something happens when jesus stops wow. um he was going to jairus's house but he stops in the middle of that mm. uh, so something happens when we stop and look around us because we'll see people that jesus is looking at mm -hmm. and often we will easily walk past right right um and obviously in our day-to-day -day life um it's not always something that where we are walking and noticing these kind of things. Obviously, subconsciously, sometimes we marginalize people and we overlook these sort of situations. Um, like, for example, for me, when I was in university, um, my first year, it was very different. There was a, the demographic was very different to what I was used to. And I feel like subconsciously, without noticing, I put them into margins. Um, what would your ad advice be to actually notice and recognize these things in that moment? Because it's only now that I'm looking back and I'm seeing these kind of things. Yeah, for sure. 
And I think we've all in some way sub- subconsciously done that. Mm. Um, and it's it's the Holy Spirit is asking him to give us eyes to see the way he does. Mm. Um, and I guess one of the things I've learned in the past four years and in, in my kind of relationship with God and walking with him uh, is I just ask this question, God, what are you saying right now? Mm. What are you doing right now? Wherever I am. Um, and I've just found it for me a personal way of like just stopping in my narrative, in my story, in my busyness, mm. to just stop and go, God, Jesus, what are you doing in this space? Wherever I am. Mm. Um, and I guess a couple of days ago, we were in Queen Mary's for, for Tri-Church. Right. Um, and there was this, like, we had so many students who were walking through the Freshers' Fair. Mm. And, you know, there's certain people that you just look at and go, I, I feel like I can have a conversation here. And they might say yes. Uh, and some people you just look and go, oh, you we make an assumption that they might just say no and we marginalize. And I found in, in, in this past two days, as we just, we were fusion, we, uh, we do this thing, I guess we, we were across 42 universities, this, this Freshers' Fair, mm-hmm. just inviting students to try church, just simple invitation of, as a part of the university experience, will they be up for trying church when they're mm-hmm. at uni? Um, and as we were doing that, um, in the two days, I had countless conversations with students who were just like, I've never been, I don't know what it is. I'm up for it. Mm. When we step out of what we are used to, when we step out of our comfort zone, when we step out of our way of thinking and invite Jesus and the Holy Spirit to step out in boldness, we will start to see a level of openness we haven't before. Yeah. We will start to see those that we would have overlooked are actually crying out for more, are actually crying out um, for a greater encounter with God. Right. Um, but I think I, I love this verse in Romans which says, all of creation is waiting with eager expectation for the revelation of children of God. Mm. Uh, and every time I look at that, this is how I visualize it. Uh, like, sitting at the edge of their seat. Like, if if I imagine, uh, it, like when I used to watch football games, a Liverpool fan, and the Champions League final, or like something, a game gets tense. Oh, I remember last season, the Barca game. Mm. Uh, we were 3-0 down in the second leg, and Liverpool came back and we won 4-0. But that game, I was sitting at the edge of my seat mm. because I was expecting for something to happen. And it was at that point I was like, actually, this is what all of creation is doing. Mm. They're sitting at the edge of their seat waiting for children of God to be revealed. Right. They're waiting on us to, to show up. To see so the I'm, truth. To see the truth. Mm. They're waiting, not knowing what the answer is, but they were, they're looking for something. Yeah. And I'm seeing a generation right now rocking up to universities who are so open uh, for God because they have no experience. Mm. They don't know. So I'm like, I think if God, if we just pray, God, open our eyes to see. Right. Um, you know, here on earth as in heaven, we pray that prayer. Uh, come Holy Spirit, walk with us, teach us. Mm. Uh, give us eyes to see the way you do. What are you saying in this space? And asking the Holy Spirit to lead us means that I, I'm, I'm so sure our, we will see people that we would usually walk past. Right. And the Holy Spirit will lead us to people. Right. And in um, obviously, you mentioned to me earlier that you had come to Christ about five years ago. Um, in that transition of um, from a non-believer into a believer and from giving your life to Christ, um, what are the margins that you feel like God took down in that time or over that season? Oh, massive. Wow. Uh, I guess a religious barrier, right. religious margins, because religion can be a margin in itself. Yeah. Because um, we, we can get... Um, caught up in the margin of being a Christian, right. margin of labels of what right. I do in church and who I am. Um, I felt God break down everything that religion had put on me uh, right. growing up in the church. So I, like I said, I'm a pastor's kid, been in church all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, God and Jesus was a big part of our narrative, my story growing up. But Jesus became real five years ago, uh, four and a half, five years ago. And, and ever since then, it was about, it was more about him 
then and so the, I guess the biggest margin that he's broken, the barrier he's broken in my life is is to get over myself and know who I am. Mm. Uh, and it's not about what I get, it's about who he is. And that's been the most captivating tr- truth in the past five years. I'm just even now being captivated by the glory and the beauty of Jesus. Mm. And mm. more and more today yeah. uh, than five years ago. And I'm every time seeing a glimpse of him, a mm. uh, glimpse of more of his glory that amazes me. Um, so again, that's it. He breaks down the m- barriers of what we are used to, breaks down my intellectual concept of him. And he says, actually, you know what? There's so much more to the kingdom. Mm. Uh, and he makes you a child again. Um, so I guess, yeah, some of the bar- barriers was, was pride and, and arrogance of, of knowing it all right. uh, and, and, and being a pastor's kid and the influence or whatever. I guess he just broke down so much of that yeah. and that we can get so comfortable within the church. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and I just wanted to ask, is there a testimony that you have of a time where you feel God has led you to step over a margin to pray for someone or to prophesy into someone's life um, where you've seen something beautiful happen? Yeah, I guess a handful of stories. Um, I could share quite a few, but I, I'll, I'll share two. Um, one was uh, I was in Sheffield, and we were um, we were on the street. Uh, we w- we went to the park to play football. Uh, I was with a bunch of my friends, and we went to uh, like like a local takeaway just to get some food, um, as you do. Um, uh, and as we were standing there, there was this guy, uh, was a Muslim guy, and we were standing there, and we were just talking to him, um, and. As we were talking to him, um, you know, he was like, what are you guys up to? He's like, oh, we're part of the church. We're just uh, as a bunch of guys. We had a meeting today, playing football, just chilling. And he's like, oh, church. And he got quite defensive. And the, the conversation, it, it turned into a debate about what was right and what was wrong. And mm. and I was like, really not. I don't want to debate. And just we're here to get some food and love you. But I, I at that moment, I just remember going, God, what are you saying here? Um, and I had a word about his, his, his dad or someone at home who wasn't well. Um, and it felt like that they were sick. Um, and I remember sharing this word. Um, uh, and as we shared it, as this was like, is this someone at home who's not well? Um, and he was like, the, the debate stopped, the question stopped, and it was like, well, yeah. Um, my dad is not well. And I was like, is it it's something to do with his back? I was like, yeah, it is. And we prayed, we prayed for healing. Uh, and he he had called home and just to see our dad. And at that time he got healed. His dad got healed. Wow. And he was asking us to come home. And we just remember sharing the gospel with him. Mm. Uh, and I guess there was another time where we were in, we were, we, this is the first time ever when I guess early when a bunch of my friends were like, let's do a treasure hunt. Um, and they were like, we're just going to wait and ask God. Treasure hunt basically is just asking God what he's, some pictures and words, asking him a sense of what he's saying. And we just write down a list of all these things. And we were like, oh great. Okay. We sat down and wrote a bunch of stuff. And I was like, okay, where are we going to go? I just assumed we were going to go to a park or somewhere in the city. And they went, yeah, we're going to go to Doncaster A&E. Oh, I wow. was like, sorry, what? <laughs> uh, we're going to go to Doncaster A&E. And so we walked into Doncaster A&E where people were waiting to be seen by the doctors. And we had word of knowledge for people there because we just stepped out in faith. So there were barriers there in terms of like some of them are, are, are I guess, cultural um, and faith barriers. Some of it are margins and some of it is is, is, is infrastructures and places where we think, I don't know if the gospel can go there. Uh, because like, I'm, I'm so much bigger than margins that the society will put. And we got favor. People, like some of the doctors led us into wards 
And they were like, if people are up for prayer, do pray. If they say no, then please respect that. And we did. Mm. And we, we, we were given permission to walk in uh, and pray with patients who were, who were up for praying. Mm. Um, so I guess, yeah, stepping out in faith, faith means we'll see some margins broken. Right, right. Um, and I just had a question uh, we were talking about earlier. Um, we were talking about the meal that Jesus prepares for us um, and sitting at the table with Jesus. And you were mentioning how it's not about us focusing on the meal that's in front of us and the things that God gives us, the blessings and the healings he allows us to to walk in. But it's about keeping our eyes on Jesus. Um, how would you relate that to margins? Yeah, I guess... But as I'm saying, I just want to, I guess, emphasize I'm not diminishing, diminishing the value of the table and what he gives us. Right. I think it is, it is his blessing, it is his favor, and I think it's how he shows us. And we, we want to see these things. Of course, and yeah. it's, it's, his, it's his joy to give us these things. Uh, but I think, I guess for me personally, it's been often about the big breakthroughs, healings, and, and we want to see some of the big stuff happen right. uh, that I've missed him. Uh, and I've been so captivated by what, I guess, the... the the context of this is is the is the banquet and the table he prepares for me, right. and me sitting at a, at a at a meal with Jesus, uh, and being so captivated by what's at the table and the meal, that I don't even look at him, that I don't look at who he is, and right. be captivated by that. So I guess in terms of margins, we can be so we can be so captivated by breaking margins out of place, of striving, wanting to see stuff happen, mm. that we don't we don't thrive. And thriving comes by surrender and submission, fixing eyes on Jesus. So it's not going. I guess simply I'd say um, everything that is on the table is a byproduct of him. Mm. When I have him, I have all of this right. in him. Right. And when I see this, I see this because of him. You know, it's his glory and goodness is, is why he gives me these breakthroughs. Right. Why we see this, some of these margins broken. Right. So if I have him, I have it whole. Right. In and out of season. Um, it, sometimes when that happens or even when it doesn't happen in the middle, m middle of prayers that are unanswered mm. when I have him I have everything you know mm. and I think that's the perspective to, to lift our head up from the table to him to see him um, I guess that's something God challenged me on and I think one of the words that God spoke to me in the season was um, Elijah in, in 1 Kings 19 God calls him out of the cave and, and he stands and, and the fire comes it says the, the mighty wind came and, and broke the mountain mm. and then a violent earthquake came and then a fire but behind all of this says in all of this after the after the wind the lord was not in it after the earthquake the lord is not in it right. after the fire the lord was not in it but the lord's been in this before elijah saw god fall like a fire in mount carmel and moses saw uh, Moses and the israelites saw the violent earthquake that shook the mountain uh, you know, in, in Exodus. And we see God speak through the wind, through the earthquake, through the fire multiple times before. And Elijah's heard countless stories of that. Mm. But in this time, in this moment, it, was, it wasn't about what he saw. It was about what he heard. Right. And it says, after this came a gentle whisper. Mm. So I think God's just challenging me, Aaron, it's not about the big mountaintop Carmel experience where the, the, the prophets of Baal get slayed which is amazing, and we love that. It's the mm. climax of, you know, it's a high point of Elijah's story. But actually, this is, mm. the whisper of God is, mm. Jesus being really close is. Just your and quiet I think, time. And I'm, I'm, I guess, for me personally, I'm just really challenged to, to go after not what I can see in the big fire, wind, and uh, earthquake, but what I can hear, which is a gentle whisper. Um, so I guess that's the, some of the margins, I guess, in that is, is what we're used to. 
Mm. So breaking some of what we're used to, mm. uh, that he would speak to us in a new way. Mm. And obviously, we were talking also about um, character and how obviously there's gifting, but then there's also character, and on top of character flows anointing. Um, and naturally, through Jesus' character in the story of healing the woman um, that had been suffering with bleeding, um, it was his character that allowed him to do that. You know, it was the character of God that was inside of him that allowed him to activate in this kind of way. Um, what sort of characteristics would you say it was that Jesus was carrying? He was just being a son, carrying out the heart of the father. And the heart of the father is the one that looks at everyone through the eyes um, that is different to law. You know, mm -hmm. like um, law says she doesn't belong here. Mm. But Jesus says she has a place. That's why Jesus was so radical. Mm. Uh, the Pharisees couldn't stand Jesus because he's, he, he broke every idea. He made the kingdom upside down, inside out. Mm. Like what, the, the image of the kingdom of God and the, and the messenger and the Messiah that they had, he broke every margin. And he was so subversive. He was like, he he was he drove them crazy mm. because of how he was. Mm. Because he was just so different. He was different the way he loved. He was different because he surrounded himself with 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 tax collectors and and women caught in adultery and 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 people who the society said weren't good enough and marginalized were the people that Jesus surrounded himself with because he realized the kingdom of God is so much bigger than this. Mm. You know? So the character he has is this. He and this is what I said. I guess when I, even when I was sharing right at the end in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, or the, the verse in in Romans, it says, "For for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. For the joy of seeing his children come back home. For the joy of seeing uh, those who are lost come come back into the place of intimacy and relationship with God. He endured everything. So I guess the character of Jesus is to see those who were once marginalized." by the law and what was once just for Israel now becomes extended to the Gentiles and Jews and, and, and for everyone, the Greeks, who, who were before not even allowed in, you know. Wow. So the, I guess just a kingdom perspective is mm. simply what he had there. Mm. He posed for a woman who was, who was suffering with bleeding mm. that normally you wouldn't even look twice at. Right. Right. And that's simply it. Right. It's simply it. It's simply looking to see past what's on the outside and the labels and look at the heart of the person because she's a daughter and that's the first word out of his mouth. He says, daughter. And I, I'm, I was so gripped by that because here comes a woman and he doesn't, she, he doesn't again address her by any of these labels. Not that she's a woman, not that. You know, it wasn't about the fact that she was a woman caught with bleeding, like suffering with bleeding. It wasn't about um, the fact that she was unclean in that time and she couldn't be here. The first word was invitation into relationship, mm. invitation into the kingdom. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. He just carried the kingdom of God in such a, such a massive way right. that we can do that today too. Right. Well, yeah, thank you very much, Aaron, for coming and blessing us with this podcast, but then also blessing us with this sermon. Um, is there anything else that you would like to leave for those listening? Yeah, I guess just a final kind of encouragement for us is uh, the world that we live in and society now will put so many margins around us. Right. Um, but can I ask you and encourage you today, uh, where, wherever God's placed you, we are called to be ones that cross every boundary mm. uh, in ways that, um, and when I say that, margins that society has put of what you can do and who you are. And we are called to be salt of the earth and light of the world. Uh, and we get to, as children of God, get to change the atmosphere of every place we are in. So be bold and pause and stop and look at people around you. Uh, look at those who might be marginalized in your workplace, mm. in the university campus, those who are sitting by themselves. And just can I, my simple invitation and, and, and encouragement to everyone listening today is who can you stop and look at and ask what God is saying? And who can you invite into 
maybe who can you invite to your local church? Who can you say, hey, would you be up for trying church and yeah. invite to your church? Yeah. Um, because I think if the church wakes up to see who we are, we will start to be the beacon of hope for those who are marginalized in our society right. to come back home. No, that's beautiful. Thank you very much, Aaron. Um, so it's Samuel from Imprint London and Aaron from Fusion Charity. Um, thank you guys for listening. I hope this blessed you and I pray that God um, speaks to you through this and that you are able to take something good from it. All right, bye-bye. Bye.